You are listening to a podcast from Vineyard Church of Augusta. For more information, visit vineyardaugusta.org. We kicked off a new message series last Sunday called uh, Fresh Reformation. And throughout this series, this is an exploration of the book of Ephesians. And throughout this series, you're going to hear from a lot of the same pastors that you normally hear from. But we're also going to be hearing from different people uh, in our congregation, our church family, that you may not hear from very often. And we have one of those people this morning. Robin Trafford's going to come. Robin is a leader here at Vineyard Church. She is uh, part of our finance team. She also serves with our V Kids. She's also part of our audio team. She and her husband, Derek, are just wonderful people. They have a beautiful daughter, uh, Abigail. They've been part of our church family for over 10 years now. And they're just great folks. If you haven't had a chance to meet them, you need to meet them. Uh, And we just so appreciate uh, Robin and Derek and their family and their friendship to the Leroy's. And I know many of you know their friendship in very real and wonderful ways. And she's going to come and share with us on community this morning. So let's welcome Robin Trafford. Thank you. Am I good? All right. Good morning. Good morning. I just first want to start off extending a thank you for Reese for trusting me with this space. Um, I'm humbled and it's a privilege to be with you today. And we get to talk about something I'm really passionate about, which is community. So I started off and I wrote on my notes, warning. So it's going to be good. I'm starting with a warning label. Brace yourself. None of this is accomplishable on your own. We need to put on the redemptive lens of Christ and be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit to be able to put this passage into action. All right, so just a little brief recap. Paul had a deep love for the church of Ephesus. Why? Well, in Acts 19, and Reese talked about this a little bit last week, he invested a lot in this community. So he shows up on the scene several years back. He's, he's ministering, preaching the gospel, and people, people are coming to know the power of Jesus in their life. So when you think about that, this is kind of the framework and the lens we're looking for. He's sitting in prison, and now he's writing to kind of like these people that he's seeing do the stuff. It's like I think about my husband works out at Plant Vogel, and they're building these reactors. And like we're, we've been here about 11, 12 years now. And I'm like, man, when this thing is running, they are going to look back and be like, man, I was a part of that. Man, I'm so proud we've gotten to this space. And I think about Paul that way. Like he's looking back at Ephesians. And so last week we started with this beautiful Jewish poem. And I have the privilege to cover the last half of chapter one. And this goes into a prayer um, that Paul is praying for the church in Ephesians. So if you will, I love the word of God. I love, um, I love how active and alive it is. So if we can stand together and read this passage together. Um, during this series, as Reese said last week, you are going to have the opportunity to be read or to read all of Ephesians by the time this is done. And I love that. I love the word of God. So let's do this together. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus, and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened 
to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. Are we there? And keep going. Next slide. Far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. All right, as you're standing, let's just pray real quick. Father, I just thank you that you are here with us, and I thank you that we are created out of your heart of community. This comes, you are the author, you are the finisher, you are the beginning and the end, and we love you. And I ask today, God, that you open our eyes to see and our ears to hear. Let us walk out of here more like you and more like Jesus. Amen. Thank you. All right, so community. Why is it important? We were created out of God's desire for community. I um, There's an author, and I really love his stuff. Um, when I read it, it challenges me to love. And I, I enjoy things that provoke me that I read, and I'm like, oh, that's uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, okay, you're right, you're right, you're right, that hurts. And Bob Goff is one of those. If you have not read his stuff, everybody always, he's, he's just about loving people. That's his heart. And so this quote, he says, every day God invites us on the same kind of adventure. It's not a trip where he sends us a rigid itinerary. He simply invites us. God asks what, is, what it is he's made us to love, what it is that captures our attention, what feeds that deep, indescribable need of our souls to experience the richness of the world he made. And then leaning over, us, he whispers, let's go do that together. I love that. I love that because, you know, I, I have a tend to overcomplicate things and the wheels get a turning and I, and I start to make it harder than it needs to be. And it's literally God every day going, hey, what do you love? Man, what do you love? Let's do it. I'm with you today. Let's do this together. And that's community. Community starts with God. It starts out of his, he created us for his desire for community. He loves being with us and he loves us being together. So what does Paul say regarding community in his prayer? Verse 15, if we can go to that. He goes on and he's saying, For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people. So he starts off right there on verse 13, 15. And your love for all God's people. I like that he used all there. 
that can be hard. That can be hard. And the me- especially all the messages that are being sent right now with social media. You know, I mean, we hear about it. We see it. And that, that, can be, that all can be, I read that and I was like, all God's people. So community is cultivated around the deep love God has for us and the deep love that we can have for each other. But it starts with our deep love for God. It starts there where we recognize that, that relationship where he's like, hey, I want to be with you. I want to spend time with you. And then out of that, we're like, oh, man, hey, I see you. And because God loves me, I know he loves you. What do you love? What are you doing? And we start to connect on those things. And it's all God's people. When we filter and we see each other, that does not mean agreeing. It does not, it, that, that's not what that means. It just means that there is a deep mutual respect among us because he loves us and we love each other. So, Paul, so clearly Ephesians is doing something. The church in Ephesus is doing something for Paul to be like, man, I'm so encouraged by your love for each other, for your love for the people of God. So healthy community does not mean that we agree on everything. It means that the deep commonalities we have is love. And out of 1 Corinthians, love covers all things. So because love covers all things, we can have a deep love for all of God's, all God's people. Just as a body, though, one has many parts, but all its parts from one body so So it is with Christ, for we were all baptized by one spirit as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slaves or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many, out of 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 14. So he's like, he's already clarifying, we're not the same. We all have different functions. So community doesn't mean that we have to look the same. We have to think the same. We have to agree. Today as I'm up here, I just want to honor the diversity here. We all have different journeys, all individuals. I tell my 10-year-old a lot. I'm like, we were walking out to the car one day, and I was like, um, I was like, man, you're a cool kid. And then I thought about it, and I looked at her, and I said, but what's cool? And she looked at me and she's like, I don't really know. And I said, if we're all individuals, then we would all define what cool was. So who said cool is this? I was like, I think cool can be anything you want it to be. <laughs> I was like, because who, who started setting these definitions of what's in, what's out? What, if we're all unique individuals meant to do different things a part of the body, what brings us together? What draws us together when that uniqueness happens? Love. Love and a mutual respect for each other. All right. Healthy community is birthed out of Christ's deep love for us and gets put into action by our deep love for each other, which directly and indirectly impacts those around us in our everyday life that that haven't even experienced this kind of love. Right now is a great opportunity for this as well. I'm getting a lot of opportunities to practice patience. And I don't ask for him. I know better. <laughs> That's one thing I don't just jump out to pray for is patience. Especially as a mom with a kid at home. Like I'm like 
But we have a great opportunity as we love God, as we're filling up, and as we're engaging in community with one another in a healthy way, this is an, it's going to spill over to those around us at the grocery store, in traffic. That's a doozy for me. Um, <laughs> confession. But opportunity to walk in grace, opportunity to walk in patience. We've been talking about the fruits of the Spirit, and we've been talking about the gifts of the Spirit. It pours right into this. They're not separate. It, it's all merged, poured into the pot together. So these are the opportunities for the power of God to come out as we engage in healthy community with one another. He taught, Paul talks about in verse 17. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. So we need the spirit of wisdom and revelation. He's, he's given us kind of why. I love this. So we can know him better. It all ties back to him. It all ties back to that redemptive lens that we put in on of the redemption of Christ and we begin to see things differently. We begin to see with wisdom. We begin to see with revelation. I can begin to look at someone and say, man, I see the promise of God in you. I see the hope of God. You're an encourager. We can begin to see those things and speak them out to each other and encourage each other, let's finish this race. Healthy community is, it is, it's that let's move forward and let's do it together. All right? Um, and in, Pro, in, in Proverbs, he's like, he already tells us, you don't have to lean on your own understanding. He's all through the scriptures, he's like, it, again, comes right back to him. I, I, I love it because he doesn't just put me out there and go, figure it out. He doesn't do that. He's like, hey, and I've given you my word to help you figure out. And if you'll slow down, Robin, and pause for two seconds, I'm going to give you some wisdom and revelation. He's got to give it to me quick, you know. I'm, I'm going. <laughs> Verse 19. We can walk in his comparably great power. And this is the output that is the direct result of the input. And his compar incomparably great power for us who believe that power is the same as the mighty strength, and it goes on to talk about the, the, that redemptive, that power that came out of the significance of Jesus and that power, these things and greater. He's touching back into that. And so I love in this prayer because it's all scripture. If you go through and you look out of just this passage, I mean, it's just, it's all, he's using this beautiful prayer, but he's praying the scripture. He's praying, it's all, it's all out of the word of God. So we know that out of verse 15, it's a love for all God's people. We need the spirit of wisdom and revelation. And then out of that, we can walk in this incomparably great power. And just a little shameless plug, if that's something you hear and you're like, mm, man, this is incomparably great power. I would encourage you to look into Sockham, School of Kingdom Ministry. That's a great opportunity to go, what's that all about? And it kind of starts to open that door for that. And that, if, if you see that and you're like, I want to know more about what that power is. I want to know what that means practically to walk out in my everyday life. Look into that. Look into that. Um, so ways that we can connect. 
what does that look like? What does it look like as a healthy community? What are some things it can do? It can be um, another, another, small groups. Um, Derek and I came, um, we started coming to the vineyard December of 2011, and, or in the fall, late fall of 2011, and February 1st, I was hospitalized. And we had already been in a small group. And man, I think about what would it have been for us if we hadn't. I mean, we went from barely meeting people, kind of just going deep quick in a small group, to being in complete need for 18 weeks, where we needed community to pour in and help walk with us, and we were not alone. We had small group in my hospital room. We, I mean, we had people, I had people that would come every Tuesday, people that would come every Thursday, and they'd show up in my hospital room. I cannot tell you how bored I was. What? I was in bed all the time. It was huge to have that community, and the Lord knew that we were going to need that. He loved us so much that he planted us deep within a short period of time because he knew we would need it. And I look back at that season, and I am overwhelmed by the kindness of God that he did not leave us lacking, and he did not leave us alone. We have 15 small groups this fall, so I encourage you, if that is something where you're like, I don't know, I love because we do quarters. So you can start a group, and you can be like, or you can be like, man, that was awesome. I want to keep, you've got options. And I think that is so great, again, because we all have these diverse journeys we're bringing, and we're all in different seasons. We're not going to be in the same season, so we need that. Connecting throughout the week. Having people, you pick up the phone and call, or they call you consistently. Reaching out, having coffee with somebody. Again, sometimes we can make things really complicated. It can be something extremely simple. I know I had a friend on Fridays, and I had to be home with Abigail because she was a micropremie a really long time, months before we could get out in public. And she would come on Fridays with the Starbucks. And she would, we would sit and we'd just have a coffee together. It was huge for me in that season where I felt so much isolation. It was huge. It probably wasn't that big of a deal to her. She thought, I'm just grabbing a coffee, going to hang out with Robin for an hour. For me, I was like, looked forward to that Friday time every week to have that connection. The other thing that we can do to have have healthy community is to be vulnerable. We've got to be able to let people in where we're at. This doesn't mean that we have to tell them absolutely everything about our entire life. Healthy boundaries are important. People earn trust and space with us. But as that trust is earned, as that vulnerability is earned, as we realize that we're a part of God's kingdom and love covers all things, we, begin, we can begin to open up. Hey, I've had this thought rolling around in my head, or I don't know what I really think of God in this area. Honesty, which requires vulnerability. And I will tell you, if you will take a risk, a little risk even if it is for you, and start to, to be vul- appropriately vulnerable, you are going to be met with people that can meet you there as well. And it can be a beautiful, mutual thing where it is holy. 
It's holy. I'm a hospital chaplain at Piedmont, and I experience these moments with people. Not all the time. It's a lot of grind. You know, it's a lot of grunt work showing up, doing it. And every once in a while, you're sitting with somebody, and you're asking them an open-ended question. And all of a sudden, you start to go there together. And I leave going, one, I am not the same person I was when I walked in this. This is holy ground. And, I, and I, I have a lot of reverence for that because when somebody can bring that to you, and sometimes in most our vulnerable moments, we can't help it. We're just there. We're there. But to share that space, asking for help, that can be a toughie, being honest about where we're at. It takes intentionality to have healthy community. It, it doesn't just happen. It's not going to, I can't sit at home every day, all day, and think that healthy community is just going to magically happen in my life. It requires us being intentional. It requires some action in that. Um, and then the other thing I just wanted to mention was, um, if we can skip from intentionality, John, and just go straight to walking in forgiveness. Being in relationship is going, there are going to be times where it's messy. And there's going to be times where somebody may say something and they have no clue what they said. But to you, based on your journey, you're like, oh, oh, that. You react. You feel this reaction. That's when we've got to put the tool of forgiveness to the test and go, I know that person. I know their, I know their heart for me. And why did that bother me? That's what I call the work, going into those spaces. But if you're doing community and you're doing it right, you're going to need forgiveness. Just like if you're doing marriage and you're doing it right. If you're parenting, any relationship that we have, we got to have forgiveness to walk right with. Because we're just humans. We don't know. We're just trying to figure this thing out. So what does community not look like? A healthy community. What does a healthy community, if, if an unhealthy, what would it be? People should just know that I'm lonely. We can go victim real, real easy. I tend to go a little more rebellion, but, but we can also, I can go, you know, well, people should just know I'm not okay. People are not going to know. One day I was talking with my best friend and she said, oh, this, the pastor preached something on Sunday and I got to share it with you. And I was like, oh, do I want you to? And after she said it, I was like, yes and no. <laughs> Any, he and his wife have a rule in their house. Any expectation that is not communicated in writing or verbally cannot be considered an expectation. Whew. How many times have I been like, why didn't he take the clothes out of the dryer? He should know there's clothes in. He doesn't know. You know what I mean? Like we do, we do that all the time. We can get conditioned as human beings to think people should just know. People should know I, I, why I have to say it. We have to intentionally communicate our expectations in relationship. We, it, that, that, that has to happen for healthy relationships. Isolation. I like to call this, it's just me and God and we're good. We need each other. We were created for community. We were not meant, it, and trust me, I, 
it's got to start with us and God. You got to connect to the author. You got to connect to him first. And then it's you being filled with the identity of Christ, being filled with love. And then it's loving others with what you have poured in and God's given you. That's, that's the healthy way it is. But it, 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 two things it doesn't do. That doesn't stop right there. He, he was very clear. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. So we can't give our neighbor what we don't have. That'll bankrupt us real quick. Been there, done that, got the scars to prove it. Can't give what you don't have. But you also can't stop there and go, well, I'm just going to love God and, love, and, and he's going to love me. And then that's not the gospel. It's just not. It's not. The gospel is go forth. Let's be about this. Let's, there, we need workers. The gospel is about the action, about doing it and connecting and having relationship. The other thing it's not is placing community above your individual relationship with God. We can get really busy. We can get bit really busy within the church. We can get really, really busy outside of the church too. But we can get really busy doing stuff in the church. And I want to encourage you, it, it flows. God loves, our pri- God loves priorities. He set them in place. So it flows out of this place of, of proper, in our house, things don't go well if things get topsy-turvy with Derek and I. If either one of us get our priorities out of line, guess who feels it? That little one. Because things just get off. She's a great barometer for me to look at and go, what's going on? Is, it stre- is she feeling stress in our home? Their kids are great to tell you when things can get a little off. They start to feel it. And so it's important that we keep those priorities in line for healthy community that we also don't get so busy doing that we forget being is important. We got to be first before we can do. All right, and then the other thing is, is the gospel becomes secondary. That, that's a real quick way for things to get off track, is if the gospel is not a priority. Our, our, what Jesus did matters so much. It's why we're here. It's why we're doing what we did, because he won. He won. And so if we lose sight of that, we disconnect from power. We disconnect from love. It just gets, it gets messy. So how has the last two and a half years impacted our culture regarding healthy community? I, you know, I started this out and I was looking at all these studies. You can get inundated with studies because there's so many different studies out there. And I was like, well, I'm not going to go down that path because I could make this look whatever I wanted to by all these studies. And I was like, yeah. I'm just going to throw that in. Practical challenges that happened during the last two and a half years. Fear. Let's get real. I was scared to death. I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't see my family for months. I, didn't, I worked in healthcare. I was like, there was a lot of fear going on. A lot of uncertainty. Social distancing. That really impacted community. I remember being at the hospital and, you know, I'd have my mask on and everything. And, you know, what I do, touch is so important. And I remember at the beginning just being like, like, do I hug this person? And I finally just had to go, I've got to. That's a part of who I am. I I have to connect on that level, so I'm going to roll the die on that. It's worth it for me. 
I had, everybody was in a different space, everybody, but for me, I had to. I was like, for my ministry, this is vital and important, so I'm willing to take the risk to have the connection. Political and social unrest. Boy, have we seen that the last. People at odds, people disagreeing, people hating. There's a lot of, a lot of just, un, uh, in that, our stuff comes out. Um, not being able to connect, just seeing somebody's face. I remember the weirdest moments where I would be with a family member and they would be crying and all of a sudden I'd be like, it's okay, you can put, you know, masks don't work with tears and snot, you know, it's like, it does not work. So I'd be like, it's okay, you know, take it down. And all of a sudden they'd take their mask down and I, I would have to like blank face because I'd be like, I didn't think their nose was going to look like that. Like, you know, like their face completely changes right in front of you and you're like, oh, Okay, you look completely different than I just envisioned in my mind. But it, you think about, we take it for granted, being able to see someone's face, let alone if you were hard of hearing during that time. Man, that was rough. Talk about a whole other disconnect. Um, deep grief. And I'm going to ask this question. Raise your hand if you're comfortable. If you don't, no biggie. Just out of curiosity, how many people know someone that died from COVID? It's a lot of hands. Deep grief during the last two and a half years. Um, and we're still trudging with it, dealing with it. It's it, that grief, that it was more complicated. Families couldn't come. They couldn't stay. We were doing everything we could to get somebody home on hospice so they could just be with their people. Um, disconnection from family, friends, classmates, co uh, colleagues, and it created isolation. And then what has happened, kind of what's trickled out of those things, for some of us, is just a lack of a desire to reconnect. It's gotten a little cozy. It can be. I mean, it's gotten a little, well, this is just my routine and I do this and there were some positive things that came out of it as well. Not being overcommitted. I personally loved that. I don't slow down very easily as a personality. So it forced me just to go. And I, I think for a lot of us, there was a need for that. And, and I heard God differently in that, in that space. Having quality time with Jesus. We had time. It wasn't just get up and let's get you out the door to school and make lunch. And it was like we, we had a, a different space, especially that two months where everything was really shut down. Connecting on a deep level with the people you chose to do life with. And I want to show you this picture. So I pulled this up and I was like, oh, I'm not going to make it through this without crying. <laughs> So I'm over there in my car on the right side. I'm actually on the phone with the hospital because I'd gotten a page. I'm in my scrubs, and um, Jen is in the back of hers, and Emily's there, and then and Kristen and Shanina, our friends, are over there. And in the middle of that is a muffin tin. Somebody made muffins, and we put it in the middle because, again, we don't know. There's fear. Like, we don't know if we can connect, not what. So we put it in the middle, and we would each take turns, and we would go grab a muffin. 
And that time, we did that two or three times during that time. And if I cannot tell you how important that was for us. It required intentionality. It required risk. Because we were still, we were trying to do it the right way, but we were still connecting. And to have somebody look at you during that time and go, how's your soul? How you doing? Was huge. You know, one of our friends were like, you got to stop watching the news. You know, we were like, turn it off, man. Because, I mean, it was just, we were all, a couple of them had new babies. They're totally isolated. You know, we were all in this stage of trying to figure it out, but it was intentional. That community was intentional. When I couldn't even connect with my own family like that, you know? And it was such a gift. And so I want to challenge you this morning that we're all in different spaces, and as we, as we come and, and as the worship team gathers back up here to really allow God to speak to you and just about where you're at. And if there are some steps that you can take to connect, I want to encourage you, if it feels a little challenging the first few times you do something, if it's kind of like, ooh you're doing it right. It, it requires us to move into a space that can be a little uncomfortable sometimes to, to kind of get out of something if we've, if we've gotten there. So I just, as we just enter in um, and worship, just ask God. Say, hey God, can you just reveal to me if there's any step you're wanting me to take in the area of healthy community? And thank you guys. <laughs>